Welcome to the HSD podcast series. I'm your host today, Laura Franco, Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Regulatory Strategy. Today, I'm joined by Jennifer Lamb, RN, MBA, and Mock Surveyor for Life Care Services. And we are continuing our dialogue about the new FTAG numbering systems and the regulations contained in each one of those new FTAGs. Our goal through this series is to help you understand each one of the F-tags, especially now that the surveyors are using them to survey your communities. Today, we're going to be talking about two F-tags because they're very, very closely related. First is F-tag 676, Activities of Daily Living and Maintaining Abilities. And we're also going to be talking about F-tag 677, ADL care provided for dependent residents. So welcome back, Jennifer. I'm glad to be talking with you again. Thanks. I'm glad to be talking with you as well. I always enjoy our podcast together. Well, um, as usual, why don't you give our listeners just a quick little recap as to what they can expect from this series, since this is an ongoing series of about 49 podcasts on 49 F-tags. Okay. Well, what we've been doing is covering one F-tag per podcast, but of course, today we are going to combine the two together that are very, very closely related. Um, And what we do is we talk about each one that's contained under the 49 tags identified as substandard quality of care. Now, to define substandard quality of care, CMS says that that is having more than one deficiency related to participation requirements under resident behavior and facility practices, quality of life, which is what we're into now, and quality of care. And this constitutes either immediate jeopardy to resident health and safety, a pattern of or widespread actual harm that is not immediate jeopardy, or a widespread potential for more than minimal harm, but less than immediate jeopardy with no actual harm. So we're going to be using the uh, state uh, operations manual, the SOM, that the surveyors are using, and the one that became effective November 28, 2017. So we are using the exact sum that the surveyors are using um, to do their surveys. And we feel like that's the best tool for you to have as well. And so downloading that and following along um, with the podcast with your sum, that's the best uh, source of information that you can have to get through your survey process. Wonderful, wonderful. So um, F676 talks about activities of daily living and the maintenance of the ability to independently perform activities of daily living without decline. Now, the tag, this tag used to be covered under um, two tags that were known as F310 and F311. And again, CMS combined the information found in each of those tags, and we have a new tag called F7, excuse me, F676. The second tag we're going to discuss today is F-677, and it has to do with the dependent resident who cannot carry out the ADLs independently. So let's jump into the definition of both 676 and 677. Certainly. So as you said, F-676 combined F-310 and 311. And according to the State Operations Manual, F-676 is defined as based on the comprehensive assessment of a resident and consistent with the resident's needs and choices, the facility must provide the necessary care and services to ensure that a resident's abilities and activities of daily living do not diminish unless circumstances of the individual's clinical condition demonstrate that the um, diminishing of ability was unavoidable. 
So this includes the facility ensuring that a resident is given the appropriate treatment and services to maintain or improve his or her ability to carry out the activities of daily living, including those specified in paragraph B of this section. And the facility must provide care and services in accordance with paragraph A for the following activities of daily living. And those activities are um, hygiene, such as bathing, dressing, grooming, and oral care, mobility, such as transfers and ambulation, and that includes walking, elimination or toileting, dining, and communication. Now, the statement referring to a resident being given the appropriate treatment and services to maintain or improve ability to carry out ADLs was the former F311 tag. Everything else um, that I just read fell under F310, and that's where it combines. Now, F677 that we're also discussing was formerly F312 and simply said, a resident who is unable to carry out activities of daily living receives the necessary services to maintain good nutrition, grooming, and personal and oral hygiene. The guidance of both tags were both found under 677. So that's why we're combining them now is that the definitions were, were broke out, but um, the rest of it, the guidance, the intent, and everything all falls under 677. And according to the guidance for both tags, just having the existence of a clinical diagnosis does not justify a decline in a resident's ability to perform ADLs unless the resident's clinical picture reflects a normal progression that has actually resulted in an unavoidable decline. And some of those conditions might be um, the natural progression of the uh, debilitating disease with the known functional decline, or the onset of an acute episode causing physical or mental disability when the resident's receiving care to restore or maintain those functional abilities, or even the resident or the resident's representative's refusal of care or treatment to restore and maintain functional abilities. And in that case, and with everything else we do, document, 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 that is the key. Documentation is the key to everything. Absolutely. I mean, if a resident or their representatives say that they don't want to accept care or treatment that would restore or maintain their abilities, we must make sure that we have informed and educated them on the risks versus benefits of the proposed care and treatment. Um, they do have a right to refuse, and and I have seen um, some residents and their their representatives refuse things that I felt like would be good for them. But again, that is their choice. So we have to make sure that they understand those consequences, and then we have to document extremely well that we have discussed at length those consequences. Well, well, what about a resident with dementia that's actually refusing care or treatment? What happens then? Well, Laura, it is our responsibility to identify any underlying reason that a resident might be refusing care or treatment. Um, it may be that a resident may not understand what is going on and appear to be refusing when, in fact, they aren't. Depression can also cause a resident to refuse care or treatment, and we should identify and initiate therapeutic treatment as appropriate to find out what is going on. Very good point. Now, if a resident does have a decline that's unavoidable, are there things that the staff need to do to ensure that they're in compliance with this tag? Yes. Um, what surveyors will do is they'll look into uh, finding out if a resident had a decline in performing ADLs that occurred after the admission. And 
if we are saying that that was unavoidable, they're going to determine if the community identified and implemented interventions in a timely manner. So just because something is unavoidable, that doesn't mean that we are not responsible for identifying and providing appropriate services. And some of those appropriate measures um, would include all the care that's provided to the resident by staff, by volunteers, and even contractors to maximize the resident's functional abilities, including pain relief and control. Now, with that, can you explain how our residents evaluated and how the surveyors will determine if there's been a decline in their abilities to perform ADLs? Certainly. The surveyors will utilize the Resident Assessment Instrument, or the RAI manual, and reference the following definitions as they are applied to the residents. And there are a few uh, different definitions here. The first one being independent. That means that the resident is able to complete an activity with no help or oversight every time during the seven-day look-back period. Uh, supervision means that they needed oversight or encouragement or cueing and that was provided three or more times during the last seven days. Limited assistance is resident highly is highly involved in the activity and receive physical help in guided maneuvering of their limbs or other non-weight bearing assistance three or more times during the last seven days. Extensive assistance is while the resident performed part of an activity over the last seven days, help of the following type was provided three or more times. So basically it would be if it was weight bearing support provided three or more times or full staff performance of activity during part or not all, but not all of the last seven days. And then finally, total dependence. And that's when there was full staff performance of an activity with no participation by the resident for any aspect of the ADL activity. So the resident, if they're you know, either unwilling or unable to perform any part of the activity over the seven-day look-back period, they're considered totally dependent. So the surveyors will use the activities of daily living critical element pathway in addition to the RAI to determine if the facility practices are in place to identify, evaluate, and intervene to maintain, improve, or prevent an, un an avoidable decline in ADLs. This is done for both F-676 and F-677. And I can tell you that what they do when they are, are looking at um, chart reviews, they look at the MDSs and they will make a little chart and it'll have from probably the annual and then maybe a quarterly and they compare the numbers and those numbers coincide with the independent supervision, et cetera, attendance. And if they see a move in that number, like if independent is one and and uh, let's say total dependence would be what, five? So if they go from a one to a five, that's a decline. And they're going to look at that and see how many of those that that resident has and then investigate accordingly. So beyond the MDS, Jennifer, do they look at care plans or physician orders, uh, documentation and flow sheets to determine if the staff did everything appropriate to avoid that decline in ADLs? Absolutely, they sure do. And if the surveyors feel that the facility failed to identify and implement interventions that could prevent a decline, then they will most assuredly deliver a citation. Okay, then to recap, it's really important that our communities identify any resident who may, de may be declining in performing their ADLs independently and determine if the decline is avoidable or unavoidable. They should also identify whether or not an unavoidable decline in performing those ADLs was documented and that the care and treatment was put into place. Yes, 
And again, just because it has been determined that a decline was unavoidable, it does not release us from good, solid documentation that supports such a finding. And there's that documentation again, document, document, document. <laughs> so so um, that's all for today with F676 and F677. I'd like to thank our listeners, and I'd also like to thank you, Jennifer. And we will look forward to talking to you again as we continue our journey through the, uh, the new F-Tags. Thank you, Laura. And I also look forward to our next podcast. And the next time we get together, we're going to talk about F678, uh, cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And that's all for today. Legal disclaimer. Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.